Welcome to Wobblies and Wizards. I am your host, Luga the Barbarian, and I've got a special guest with me today, Anna Urbanic from Double Proficiency. Anna, welcome. Hi, thanks for having me here. It's good to have you. Now, I'm going to start with, with how I learned of you and discovered you. <laughs> it, was the, it was actually the Herbalist Primer when that, when that Kickstarter was going on. And I'm patiently awaiting the physical book. Oh, say we all. <laughs> I've got the PDF. Now, that book, well, that, that's going to eventually be available on Exalted Funeral when it comes out. Is that correct? Um, yes, Exalted Funeral is our distributor for uh, North America and, well, the rest of the world. And it will be also available at several other retailers. Um, but I don't know the details yet. <laughs> yeah, and I even if I did, I, I'm not the person doing the distribution. But yeah. Exalted Funeral is having everything in their capable hands. I'm a big fan of, of Exalted Funeral. They're a great place to go to for game stuff. I, I, they're one of the best out there right now. Yeah, they're doing great work, especially for indies. Oh yeah, it's good stuff. Now I've got a question. Well, let's 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 say we just mentioned the book. Uh, some of our listeners may not have heard of the book yet. Some a lot. I'm, I suspect a lot of our listeners may have because I know <laughs> what kind of circles <laughs> they run in. But for everyone out there, could you give them a rundown of what it is that's in this book? Because it's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, sure. Herbalist Primer is a system agnostic and like world agnostic. A book on real-world magical plants. Um, so it's mostly a mix of ethnobotany and folklore and occult and proper botany and also RPG gaming material because this is an intersection of my <laughs> favorite favorite topics. So I just put it all in one cauldron and mixed it up. Did you, now, it, it's, yeah, it's, it's neat. Every single entry has like like it's got ele- like got elements of like magical properties for the plants, medicinal properties for the plants, foraging. So like where you're out, and like it's really useful stuff for a game and fleshing out your world. It is good. I appreciate that. <laughs> I, I like I like system neutral stuff that I can use with everything that can really help flesh things out. So I think it's cool. My big question is: did, I, Am I understanding correct? Did you do all the art in this, or how? how who did all the like? There's a lot of good art. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, I, I, I drew it all. I'm wow. using a lot of uh, photo references and public domain art from old herbals because I wanted this whole book to look like this 19th century herbal books with you know proper academic vibe. <laughs> so I, I was trying to emulate that. And obviously have like as high accuracy as I could, so people can actually use this book to recognize the plants in the wild. I mean, it's it's not a scientific publication, but uh, my science editor and I, uh, Rishi Masalia, PhD in plant botany, uh, we we did what we could to make this accurate as far as real botany goes. I took a botany class in college, and uh, it had How a lab. Uh, well, it had a lab. And I went for about three weeks. And after every class, I was ending up in the emergency room. Oh, why? <laughs> because of allergies and whatever pollens and stuff were in the botany room. I had to drop out of it. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that would do it. <laughs> I love the flowers. I ended up taking, um, I ended up taking a, a geology class. So we ended up studying rocks instead of flowers. <laughs> do I have news for you? <laughs> what's that <laughs> well about- i'm finished with herbalist 
primer and I'm start, I'm started working on geologist's primer because I need to be working on a book apparently. Well, I know I, I love flowers. I've got more flowers tattooed on me than <laughs> anything Aww. else, but I probably know more about the rocks because of college. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about this, this, what you're working on there. I'm curious. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm working on Geologist Primer, which is going to be a very similar book to Herbalist Primer, only about metals and minerals and rocks. Um, basically, everything that can be mined or used in blacksmithing or jewel crafting. That's really cool, I, I, especially with like dungeon delving and stuff like that. Yes. There's going to be some great stuff in there to use. You know, every time uh, you're playing some D&D game and they tell you that, oh, you found a topaz or an opal or piece of obsidian and then you just have a monetary value and not even a description and don't know what you can do with it. Well, let's flesh it out. Yeah, that's going to be cool. I'm excited about that. That's definitely, is this going to be on Kickstarter when it comes out or is it, because you have a um, lot of other stuff that's out that, that was prior yeah, to I, this. I, I don't know yet if it's going to be on Kickstarter. We will see what Kickstarter's opinion about cryptocurrencies. Uh, oh, it, that's it right. Yeah. Like, um, also, I fully believe that, you know, at, at some point, if, if you're running a Kickstarter that is basically a pre-order campaign that's yes. not exactly what it was supposed to be. <laughs> so we will see. We, we will see. I, I don't have like specific plans for publication yet because it's about a year in the making in fr- I mean in front of me to even make this book. So we'll see. Let's let's publish the first one first. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited about it. I, I I this is if it's if it's anywhere near as good as the herbalist primer, it's gonna be a wonderful resource for every dungeon master out there. Thank you. I know I'm gonna get it. I'm excited about it. I'm I'm curious how how much have you could you give us an idea of some that you've already done or researched for it or or started or some of that stuff? Um yeah, I have a full list of hundreds. Uh, 100 minerals and metals I want to put in this book and I started working as always alphabetically so I don't just pick and choose yeah. and then I'm gonna have all the boring stuff left at the end <laughs> so I'm just going alphabetically I literally just finished illustration for agates agates I have never pronounced this okay. word aloud. I, you know, that's I that's me constantly I I I read way more than I speak yes <laughs> and I, I can't mean, pronounce that what I read this is this is actually I mean English is obviously not my first language and this is a constant struggle of I know geology I know biology but like I know them in Polish so I have to translate for myself into into English and then relearn it and obviously I'm learning from books so pronunciation is sometimes not on point <laughs> yeah and, and as an English speaker I, I I'm often learning from books and still can't pronounce the language so I don't know hold anything against you there you're probably doing better than I am I butcher words left and right now we got you've got the herbalist parliament and then you're working on that because you've got a whole bunch of other stuff that you've you've got out through drive through and stuff like that too now let me just ask real quick did i hear correctly that you also have done a lot of the layout in these yeah i mean i i started working in the rpg industry as a layout artist originally and and a graphic designer because that's that's my like work experience Mm -hmm. before i went freelance and ever since we started double proficiency as a company with my partner which we started working on about um three years ago okay and started releasing 
stuff properly like year and a half ago. Um, then yeah, like Jakub is writing, I'm writing some and I'm doing all the layout and the graphics. Uh, yeah, we, we do publish a couple things so far, like 11 decks, illustrated decks with uh, encounters called Wayfarers decks. Jakub's writing them, it's like 50 card decks with adventure seeds and vistas and mysteries and encounters, like non-combat, so you can, you can do whatever you want with them. You can make it a combat encounter, but nothing is forced because we believe in player agency in this house. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, we're also publishing Globetrotter's Guides to Greenery, which are those real-world-ish biome gu guides. So we have, we have one for Tundra, we have for like tropical jungles. I'm currently working on the one for grasslands, so we can take it uh, and take the players to a savanna or a steppe or a prairie. So what kind of... Now, yeah. those the Wayfarers decks, are those the ones that we're talking about? Or the... Because the, there's uh, the... Those Wayfarers yeah. decks are encounters, correct? Yes, they are. So the Wayfarers decks are encounters. Uh, I'm, I'll mm -hmm. put a link to all this stuff in the show notes so that listeners can find this. But then the other ones on the actual like settings, like like you were talking about, like the jungle region yeah. and stuff yeah, like that's, that. That's the Globetrotters Guide. The Globetrotters Guide. Yeah. What sort of like like what sort of content is in there to describe? Like, is it like mostly descriptive, mostly encounter stuff, or what? What can you expect? Um, right, so they are designed as something that can be dropped in the world to give to players as a handout. So like they're, they're consist of a cover and on the cover you have sensory descriptors, yes. which is GM facing material and you have the, um, some curios and findings and potential encounters on the back cover and once you remove the covers you're only left with the meat of the of the booklet, which is uh, the general introduction to the biome, like for example, some basic information about the grasslands. And after that, you get some data about the climate and the soil and how the uh, biome is created. Like for example, what are the different levels in the ocean? Because uh, I don't know if you know, but at the bottom of the ocean, it's called Abyssal Plain, which is an amazing name. And it's called Abysmal Plain, is that, is that what? Abyssal, yeah. Abyssal. Yeah, exactly. Like like an abyss. And and beyond that, you have even like deeper Hadal zones, which are like all the trenches. And it, it's an amazing place <laughs> to play in a, as an as an adventurer. I've never I've never done that in game. I like gone done an underwater campaign. I've heard people talk about it. Me. I mean, they are awesome. <laughs> they can be absolutely deadly because, yeah, something we also described in those books is all the environmental dangers and hazards that can uh, be thrown at the at the adventurers. So, like all the changing pressure, for example, underwater or thermal vents or you know underwater waves that can reach like thirty meters high. There's a lot of that, and we're also having notes on the animal kingdom. So, what what kinds of uh, animals you can meet there, from like tiny insects to, to elephants or blue whales. And after that, we have like uh, plant cards, which are basically ten popular plants from the biome, and they are all with illustration and with a description of like perception check quality, like what you can see. And also with extra information that can be unlocked if somebody knows nature or survival or something. 
And there, a lot of these are on Drive Through RPG. Is there uh, any yeah, place uh, else yeah. besides? Uh, um, we have them on Drive Through RPG, and we have them on Itch. So Drive Through RPG and Itch.io. I didn't see the Itch.io page. I missed that one. <laughs> I wanted. I had started to go somewhere a minute ago to ask you about layout because <laughs> because I'm interested yeah. in the layout discussion. I, so I I worked as a. As a little bit of background information, I when I was when I was uh, in my yeah, right before things got crazy in the 2001, I went off and joined the Marine Corps, and they mm-hmm. sent me to art school, and I I did military propaganda, I did layout design, marketing for years. So I'm interested in layout. Yeah, I, I'm I'm just going to ask you a question for my personal information. When you're uh, are y'all using Adobe or Affinity or what have you been doing for your for for software wise when you've been laying out and doing? Actually, both. I especially in client work, I have some clients that prefer me to work in Adobe InDesign. Some prefer me to work in Affinity, especially indie creators that later want to use those files and like tweak them themselves because. Most of the indie people have affinity uh, publisher and not in design because Adobe is hella expensive. I need it because like client work. Yeah. <laughs> but I probably would have switched otherwise to affinity if it had good options for accessibility in PDFs, but they don't. So yeah. Uh, so I, I've gone, I've gotten rid of my Adobe's is why I'm asked because all I use is affinity now and I'm thrilled. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty good. I, I'm I'm doing about like one third of all the projects in affinity. And yes. it, it's really good, especially with integration between applications. So you can switch to photo and it's like yeah, I'm a fan. I do a lot of vector. So like I that that, that that's that, that's kind of a, a love that. When I was, uh, I remember though a day when it was InDesign was like, I was excited for that to come out because we were using Quark to do layout. I was using Quark at one of the companies I was working at and I hope to never get back to it. (laughs) I know that. I'm glad there's affinity now. I would never go back to Quark. (laughs) It was a thing. And before that, Microsoft Publisher. I remember that. Yeah, we used Microsoft Publisher. Did not. That was that was really clunky. That that was in, that InDesign it, was a game changer when, they, when Adobe started doing that. Yeah, for me too. Like, so, I yeah. spent so many hours just waiting for Quark to export a file. <laughs> oh, we had. Well, I I was working on a monthly publication there with with Quark and. I can't even begin to tell you how much I hated that thing. It was, it was ridiculous. It was, it, especially, I think that it got better as the years went on a little bit, but there was a, it was a clunky, like you really had to know that thing and it was just not easy to work with. And so, buy a new one every year. Yeah, it was bad. It was bad. I'm glad that that <laughs> world's over with and I got, I've got the, uh, the affinity stuff now. So yeah, it's, it, it's, very good and if if you're not into like doing layout super professionally then like affinity publisher is more than enough yeah it's it's a really good app it's got most tools so the affinity stuff has most of the tools you need to accomplish anything you could a lot of it's you know it's not that far from some of these like photoshop and illustrator in the early days Mm -hmm. it's more advanced than that stuff and we were still able to accomplish everything without all the extra bells and whistles they went on to add and it's nowhere near as bloated on my computer so i'm a big fan oh yeah (laughs) i'm just missing some accessibility tools there and um like presets for exporting files that i need to get to the printer and specific profile yeah so I need the back end, but front end is like publisher is great. So 
you've done layout. Have you done layout for other other folks as well? Like, am I? Let me ask you a question. I I thought I heard you say something or someone else say that you had done some layout for the old school essentials stuff or one of the modules. Is that true? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did I did layout for all the new adventures. All the all the new adventures. Mm-hmm. Like House of the Blood King and uh, the other that were released in the same Kickstarter. Um, so wait, I, I knew their names because I worked on them. Yeah, <laughs> Shaker, uh, the new version of The Hole in the Oak, Incandescent Grottoes, and The Isle of the Plunging Mage. Mage. So I, oh. I worked on those. I, I generally have quite a lot of like client work. Yes. So I'm going to say something because that like I, I've seen those like we've been looking through those and the 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 layout and design in those is really top notch. The Thank Holy you. Mountain Shaker is beautiful. That's like that's good stuff. I like it. I'm impressed. Some good skill. I'm, I, I'm, I'm looking to you for inspiration. Thanks. Um, <laughs> look up to your work. I, I Honestly, Holy Mount, Mountain Shaker looks as awesome as it does because I've been working with Luca who's who's the writer and the illustrator of this. I'm sorry, so, who, who was that? Uh, Luca Reyes. Okay, you cut the off author. for a second there. I, I oh, think. sorry. Uh, yeah, I was working with, with Luca when he uh, wrote the adventure and I did the preliminary layout and then he drew illustrations to fit the layout. Mm-hmm. That's why it's, it, it's also nice and like double page spreads and, and organized because we were cutting the text and adjusting the size of the illustrations so it fits perfectly so let me ask you a question so the 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 process of doing layout like like is he delivering the writing before you're doing the layout or is there an involvement in being like okay is he looking at the amount of space in the page because i've heard people talking about that lately when writing some of these and i'm used to having to lay out written articles that are given to me you know so how did you approach some of that because everything it fits to the page pretty well um yeah the I mean, most of the times when I'm getting a book from uh, the author, it's just a plain manuscript in Google Docs usually. And I'm just doing layout based on that. And okay. The illustrations that were given to me and just making sure that it looks nice on the page. Uh, but in some cases, when I'm working with somebody who's like um, the writer and illustrator, like Luca, we've been working together several times already on ultraviolet grasslands and on long winter. So we have a relation, like a good working relationship in, in which we can just talk and adjust several things so they look better. They cut the text or add some text so it looks better in the layout or draw a specific one illustration because they have like quarter page empty and then just do it like that. And when I'm working myself on, on my projects, then I'm generally writing already in InDesign because I designed the the book um, before I write it so I have like specific for, exa- for example in Herbalist Primer it was a matter of like designing how I want the single spread to look and then I had that much space to fill with the text and I wrote the text to fit the page okay that's I, I don't know why but that seems like the, the simplest thing to do but but it's like wow that never dawned on me that's brilliant <laughs> I mean it, it depends on what your process is i'm a very visual person so i i'm more of a graphic designer than i am as a writer so i'm working from this angle some people can't write like that because you know writing in layout is uh, 
forcing you to edit a bit as you write. And this is not, not everybody's workflow for writing. So it's just, you just need to pick your, see what works best for you. Okay. okay. Now you said when we, before we got on here, you said you have quite a few others, quite a few things that you have been working on besides rocks. Uh, yeah. Can yeah. You... Um, we've released so far like two setting and game agnostic add-ons to games. They're called Duelist and Conqueror. One is uh, for just to make melee combat more fun. It, it can be dropped in any game like D&D or Pathfinder or uh, any of the Powered by the Apocalypse games. It comes with like inbuilt mechanics to just uh, give your fighters something better to do than attack twice. Uh, so it comes with maneuvers and it comes with like bonus actions and stances and special types of attacks. And Conqueror is basically like a mini game that you can also drop in a game to have large scale battles. Um, so you can like uh, have several units duking it out in a kind of like a mini board game in the middle of your in your of your RPG game. So uh, it it comes with like rules for uh, having an army and equipping it and like sustaining and like having mercenaries and all that, and uh, comes with a system of battle events. So the players. I mean, the players and their characters that are in this big battle can still have those epic moments, like in Lord of the Rings. Yeah. So, like, you can still go on that Oliphant and take it down as a battle event or, you know, have a one-on-one -on -one with an enemy, enemy commander. And those two add-ons are actually a part of a bigger project that we're working on, which is called Aphelion. It's going to be uh, both an engine and a system for, like, creating your own games. Oh. And we're also going to be releasing, uh, we have planned two settings so far. One is going to be like hard sci-fi strategy taking place in the solar system in about 200 years called Project Aphelion. And we're working on a sci-fantasy game called currently Aurora. We will see if something <laughs> changes, but it's all about like uh, floating through space mist on like wooden wooden long shapes and with all runic magic and very weird uh very weird creatures around you that are going to probably eat you up it's like space so deep it's basically an ocean <laughs> i like that there's i've got a few things like that. i'm really interested in running a campaign like that I've talked about that have you seen the planar you've seen the planar compass zines are you familiar with those uh, I don't think I am. I talk them up a lot on here. <laughs> they, are, they, they are neat. Uh, they kind of do the, the what is it called? Uh, the wooden ships only traveling through different dimensions as well. Mm -hmm. You should check those out. That's, that seems like, I like the idea of doing the space exploration in your ship and yeah, all that, totally. that science fantasy, like the old space wizard on the side of the van back in the day type feel is mm -hmm. what that makes me think of. I like that. Kind of how, uh, similar to, from what I hear to, what was Spelljammer for second edition? Uh, it, it has a similar sense. vibe, yes. I like that. That's cool. I'm excited about that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, we, and I. when I say we, it's basically mostly Jakub, my partner, because uh, it's, it, it's his baby. I'm just helping out on this one. <laughs> we have a like, bespoke system for exploration, and it's like on hex grid, but sliced into pieces and you get to progress on the grid to, to just get to the bottom of the of the thing or explore 
outside and then try to find some something cool. So it is like a hex, uh, hex scroll, but in a more um, dynamic and abstract way. So you're yes. trying to reach the goal, and the and the scenario and the uh, environment is actually pushing against you. So you have this element of environmental threats outside of uh, you know just combat encounters. There's an actual challenge to your exploration. Like you can run out of you can run out of resources. There's so many things that can happen, and sometimes like the, the story is just going to go in a completely different direction that you haven't experienced because we wrote this game on an algorithm, yeah. and it basically plays itself and generates this living world around you as as you do. And it's like players can do whatever they want, but the world is going to react. There's I an like algorithm that. written into it. Yeah, I like that. I like the I like player agency. I like being able to say, okay, this is the world. Have at it. And I'm yes. just responding to you. <laughs> like, yes, exactly. That's how we always play because we uh, we mostly play Shadowrun. And I used to break the system because I wanted to do stuff that wasn't, you know, in there. Yes. So like my my shadow runners had operating <laughs> businesses and were money laundering because <laughs> I, you need to keep your money tight for taxes and investments. So it, it was a lot. And in the end, yeah, I could just throw the system that allows me to do all that. That's good. So, so here's, all, here's the system that you needed. Is it, I, I'm, I'm excited to see some of the this come out. I'm definitely going to be following and trying to pick some of this up. It's, it's interesting stuff. Yeah, if, somebody's, if somebody's up for it, uh, we have a newsletter on our website, doubleproficiency.com. You can just sign up for the weekly newsletter and get all the, all the news. And uh, there's going to be a lot of it soon. Well, good. I didn't know that. I haven't signed up for. It. I need to go over there and sign up for the newsletter. Yeah, I'm going to do that. Newsletter. You're going to have you're going to have a lot of cool stuff in your inbox every week. Yeah, I will definitely do that. I'd like to keep abreast of everything and see what's going on. So you said, you, are you currently playing Shadowrun, or, you, or, or how um, long? Have... We've been playing Shadowrun for a long time, but currently we only have time to play this our game uh, and play a single D and D campaign. Meanwhile, but. So we're not playing Shadowrun currently. It, it is the system I play the most. So like you can see the crunch in this house. Um, <laughs> but but currently we're playtesting our game so we can make it top notch. I used to actually play Shadowrun solo using Aphelion mechanics. And that was awesome. I've never attempted to play a game solo. I wouldn't even know how to go about starting that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why we made a game that like plays with you. Yeah. So you don't have to come up with stuff that 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 happens and it's not like fully random. It's uh on the algorithm and like with probably probability curve giving you prompts and sit and generating situations for you. So you don't have to worry about it, you don't have to come up with stuff, you just roll on a table and see what happens, and you have consequences of your actions and complications in the scenarios that you set up for yourself, and just a bunch of very useful uh, mechanics that are making the game absolutely um, maybe not zero prep, but very low prep, and they can be played with or without a GM and with or without a party. I like that as a, as a DM. I like I I like when I started discovering things that were low prep and running them. I felt weird, like oh, this didn't take a long. <laughs> like it's like oh, I used to, I played a lot of Palladium. And every mm -hmm. single character you ran into, I had to roll up from scratch. And it takes a while to roll up one of those characters. And oh, yeah. I, I, I've read, like, one of the books, but I've never played it. 
that was that was definitely all, like one of our big things, especially in the nineties. And I, and mm-hmm. but yeah, I, I only got a chance to play shadow run. And I think actually we're talking about that in another episode this weekend. I only ever had a chance to play shadow run like one time in the nineties. And I don't think it lasted first very edition or second. Yeah, it was early. I think it was maybe 95 or 96 was the last time we tried to play. So, so second edition possibly i can't it's been a minute <laughs> i had yeah i was I like six what. then so i haven't oh no it. i'm too old <laughs> <laughs> yeah we got it we got into a lot of different games so stuff like shadow we we're always trying to run and yeah it's it's a game that requires about 30 years of knowing how to play it to play it so yeah i mean it, I, it, I'm it's first. not an easy get in yeah there's there's too many games like that out there and i love them they're great but like this this whole fad lately of like games where you can read a couple pages of rules and start playing quick is really nice <laughs> i mean yeah it's fun as long as the rules are written in a way that allows you to do stuff instead yeah. of limiting your options then mm-hmm. i'm i'm all for it yeah all right we're coming close to time so before we <laughs> wrap things up i'd really like to make sure that you, I ask you to tell our audience where they can find your work online and where to where to find you online and everything else. Uh, sure. The easiest way to find me online is probably on Twitter, where I spend the most time that I actually spend online, which is at 2x proficiency. Um, you can also find me on our website, doubleproficiency.com. And those two are probably your best bets if you want to get in touch. There's a contact form, so it will get straight to me. And I'm going to go sign up for the, the, the is that is a newsletter or updates? Was again, was it? Yeah, it's, it, it's a newsletter on our website. There's a form. You can pick whether you want to have a weekly one or just a monthly or when we have something big to talk about. Okay. So, because we don't want to spam people. So not everybody's for weekly news, you know. Well, that's great. I'm going to definitely, and I'll have links on the show notes for everybody. You can go there and check out her stuff. And as always, you can find us on Facebook, search Wobblies and Wizards. Wobbliesandwizards.com is our blog. If you're listening and you enjoy this, leave us a positive review wherever you're listening. Those of you that have really appreciate it. It's been helpful. I'm on the Twitter at LogarHaleCrom and keep those dice rolling. This is Logar, and I'm just going to do a quick plug here for our our little podcast. We put a lot of time and effort into this and money out of our own pockets. So if you appreciate having a daily podcast about role-playing games with our specific bend, please go over to Patreon backslash Wobblies and Wizards, that's W-O-B-B-L-I-E-S-A-N-D-W-I-Z-A-R-D-S, and give us a little support.